The Finance Minister has apologised to the Climate Change Minister for failing to flag he was slashing millions of dollars for climate policies. The Labour government yesterday revealed nearly $4 billion in savings across the public service over the next four years. It comes on the eve of National's long-awaited tax plan, which will be funded through four new taxes. Here's our political reporter, Katie Scotcher. Prime Minister Chris Hipkins reigniting his policy bonfire in the face of declining tax revenue. This will trim a further $4 billion from government spending and have the books back into surplus as soon as possible. Included in that $4 billion is more than $200 million for climate policies. But the Climate Change Minister James Shaw wasn't given a heads up. He learned of the cut in climate spending at the same time as the public. I would have expected uh, to know if there were going to be changes made that might make it harder for us to hit our emissions targets without necessarily knowing the budget numbers themselves because those are a cabinet decision and of course I'm not in cabinet. Finance Minister Grant Robertson admits there was a communication breakdown. I'll have a chat with James and and apologise to him for that. He definitely should have known about it. But that's at odds with Chris Hipkins who says there was no need for James Shaw to be informed. Well, these were savings that were identified by the ministers concerned. Um, And so, you know, I wouldn't have expected necessarily, if they weren't in his portfolio area, I wouldn't necessarily expect that he would be. Regardless, Grant Robertson apologised to James Shaw by lunchtime. I'll have a chat with James and and apologise to him for that. He definitely should have known about it. The Labour government's $4 billion slash in spending comes just days before National releases its long-awaited tax plan. The party has long talked about delivering tax cuts by raising the income tax thresholds, meaning people can earn a bit more without going into a higher tax bracket. Its finance spokesperson Nicola Willis insists the government's spending cuts haven't changed National's plan. We can fully deliver it regardless of the state that Labor leaves the books in. National will reveal the scale and cost of its promised tax cuts tomorrow and crucially how it will pay for them. Earlier this year, the annual price tag had grown to about $2 billion. There was short-lived speculation National would tax churches and charities to cover the cost. We're not playing rule in, rule out. We'll just wait till the tax plan gets announced tomorrow. Behind the scenes, the party was hosing down that theory National's tax cuts will not be funded through taxing churches and charities. They will, however, be partly paid for by more spending cuts. Nicola Willis is signalling how the rest of the cost will be covered. There will be four additional revenue measures in our tax plan. They will be specific. They will be targeted. Chris Hipkins expressing some early criticism of National's plan. The National Party have been saying for the last two years that tax cuts should have been delivered and are affordable. They've effectively now admitted that they're not affordable and they're going to introduce four new taxes in order to fund tax cuts or tax breaks for millionaires and for property owners. The Labour government proposed a new tax of its own today, introducing legislation that won't pass before the election, which would enable a digital services tax on large multinational companies. The 3% tax would be paid by multinational businesses that make over $3.5 million a year through digital services provided to New Zealand users. Labour rejects that it rushed out the bill to gazump National's announcement tomorrow.
And that was Katie Scotcher reporting. Gareth Hughes is a political commentator and a former Green Party MP, and he's with us now. Kia ora, Gareth. Kia ora, Lisa. Is that bad manners, not having a chat to the Climate Change Minister? Oh, it's definitely a poor process. looks sort of more like an accident and a communication breakdown than any sort of deliberate poking in the eye of the Greens. But the fact is you probably would want your climate change minister in the room if you were making a decision to scrap climate change policies. Doesn't it raise questions about who actually made the decisions then? Because Grant Robertson, the finance minister, said yesterday ministers were asked to look into their portfolios. Clearly that minister didn't. Yeah, well, well, clearly the climate minister wasn't uh, raised or made aware of these issues. He clearly wasn't in the room to to be making the decision. And look, I think it highlights that the limits that the Greens have had this term to deliver uh, policies outside of what their Labour coalition partners want to deliver. I think in the future, clearly emissions revenue raised should be ring-fenced, and that has historically been the process. So once again, climate policies have been seen as the nice-to-have, and they've been rated for the spending cuts. Yeah, I want to talk about the finance a little uh, little bit later, but what do you think it says about the value Labour puts on the relationship because the Prime Minister, Labour leader, has said, no, I didn't need to have a chat with him? Yeah, well, it's interesting that Robertson and the Prime Minister weren't on the same page communicating a a similar message. The Prime Minister might be right, technically, around the delegations of ministers and who's in the room and who's informed with uh, information flows. But I think Robertson has made the the right call here, been very pragmatic. You know, he's kept his eye on the ball. We're six weeks before the election. You wouldn't want to antagonise your key coalition partner on their key issue, which is climate change, just before the election. So Robertson has done the right thing. He's apologised. Um, these things happen in politics, particularly if it's been a rush process, and it does look like this has been quite a rush process to find these $4 billion in savings. Consultation aside, how significant are the projects? I mean, do they deserve to be canned? Probably not. You know, we're in a situation described as global boiling by the United Nations. We've been shocked uh, by climate extreme weather events around the world, not least in New Zealand earlier this year. So scrapping funding from walking and cycling, forestry, including natives, uh, agricultural emission reduction projects um, aren't ideal. Remember, this is on top of earlier climate policies being thrown on the policy bonfire as well. So given the state of the world and the environment, it's not ideal that climate policies are often the first ones to be cut or raided when savings need to be made. Look, I just hope one day we'll take the climate budget as seriously as we take the national budget. Might we be too late for that? Well, it's going to make it hard because the government has committed to emission reductions. They've got international obligations. And there has been no impact assessment of what these reductions are going to cost or how the government's going to fill the hole in the climate budget. So you mentioned before uh, about the Climate Emergency Response Fund in essence. So a big chunk of the money allocated to these projects is from that fund, which is supposed to be ring-fenced, right? Only supposed to be spent on money that is around these projects. But the Finance Minister has been very clear. This is just a savings now. That money won't go back into the pool. Yes, I think it is very concerning and disturbing because this money has been raised through the emissions trading scheme and it should be going to help Kiwis and New Zealand companies to reduce their emissions. Ultimately, the Crown has a massive financial obligation. Treasury pointed to between 3 and $20 billion if we have to purchase the bulk of carbon credits offshore. So this comes at a long-term 
very real cost for this short-term savings. And ultimately, in a cost-of-living crisis, all politicians from all parties should be trying to look for solutions that are win-win, that tackle both, that help Kiwis reduce you know, the, the cost they're paying at the pump or whatever it might be through climate solutions and policies which actually help tackle reducing emissions. Other countries, such as the US with the Climate uh, Inflation Reduction Act, is trying to do both at the same time. So I think that's the challenge for politicians, not try to see it as a conflict or as a cost. Good to talk to you, Gareth. We appreciate your time. That is Gareth Hughes, political commentator and, of course, a former Green Party MP.